few weeks ago, we kicked off our Arise and Build Capital Campaign, and this is the official kickoff. And so many of you have been hearing about um, that we are looking to uh, obtain our own worship facility or to lease our own facility in the year of 2019, primarily for a couple of reasons. Number one, God has told us it's time to do so. And another obvious reason is that this school will be relocating uh, here in, uh, in 2019. And so uh, we are, have a strong sense that this is a time for us to arise and build. And so what we have been doing for this particular series, we've been looking at Nehemiah. And Nehemiah was a builder. He was a cupbearer to the king. And uh, what had happened was that the people of God was, uh, had just disobeyed God and they had, was held captive and they got ejected from their land. But some of the Jews still stay in that land. And the walls of Jerusalem, is what I'm talking about, were torn down. And Nehemiah had a burden to go back and to rebuild the wall. And so what we have been doing is we are in a process of building. And we're building lives. We're building people. That's what it's all about. And so we felt like that we would take a look at Nehemiah and learn some key principles that we think will help us as we move forward. And so we kicked off uh, this particular series, we talked about how that Nehemiah became inspired to build. God put a burden on his heart. Nehemiah went to the king. He got favor. And Nehemiah went back to Jerusalem. He assembled a good bunch of people together. And they uh, went forward in the work that God had called them to do in rebuilding the wall. Last week, we talked about distractions. And so we understand that Whenever God is calling you, particularly when God is involved, whenever he calls you to do something, there are going to be distractions. One of the things that we understand about the enemy, Satan is always trying to distract us, or if you will, he's always trying to get us to come down off the wall, meaning down from that which God has called us to do. And he wants us to get to be bogged down with so many things that we forget our primary calling or the very reason why we're here. So Satan is a master distractor and he works overtime because he knows that what God has for us is good for us. Do you believe that today? He, see, the enemy knows. And so what do you want to do? Because he knows the truth. He knows that his time is short and he knows that God has to have an amazing, incredible plan for all of us. So what he wants to do is he wants to distract you from the larger purpose, the larger goal. So we talked about that last week. And today, though, I want to focus on the subject of unity. The title of my message is, The People Had a Mind to Work. Now, if you look back over in Genesis chapter 11, and a lot of us are familiar with this particular passage of scripture, uh, it's a story about the, the Tower of Babel. And the people of a lot of the people there had decided that they were going to build a, a beautiful city. And they said that they were going to build a tower that was going to reach up to heaven. And the problem with that was that God had, had, had commanded them to populate the entirety of the earth. They decided they wanted to build a tower to reach up to heaven. So that was obviously against what God wanted them to do because God wanted them to populate the earth. And so. Because the Bible says that because the people were one, everybody say one, because they were unified, God said himself that because that is the case, now there will be nothing that will be impossible to them. God himself had to come down and stop them. 
And he said that they would have accomplished it. Why? Because of the power of oneness, the power of unity. Now, imagine now that we are flowing in the will of God, doing what we believe God has called us to do. And imagine that if we in the same spirit became one, that we became unified and said this, we are going to do it together. How many of you believe that when we become one, the sky is the limit for Foundation Church? See, see, Jesus, what, what was Jesus' prayer? Jesus prayed in John chapter 17. He said he prayed that they would be what? One. Because Jesus knew, the Bible said that where there's unity, God commands what? Blessing. Where there's oneness, and particularly when there's oneness around the purposes of God, we can expect some great things. Unity in God makes us an unstoppable force. Nehemiah chapter 4, 6. I want to dwell on this for just a moment. It said, so we built the wall. Say that with me. We built the wall. Say it again. We built the wall. When nobody else thought it was possible. You see, when these feeble Jews that, that had been ejected from their land and they were looked at as nothing and and, and here, when, 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 when Nehemiah came back to Jerusalem and he assembled all those people together, that, and all of them were sitting back and they were saying, ain't no way they're going to pull this off. No way that these few little feeble, weak little people are going to pull this off. They're not going to build a wall. No way they don't have enough people. They don't have the money. They don't have enough favor. It cannot happen. But we read in Nehemiah 4, 6, so we built the wall. We built the wall when the odds were stacked against us, when they mocked at us, when they said that it's not possible, so we built the wall. Now watch this. And the entire wall was joined together up to half its height. Now the wall wasn't completed yet, but the enemy knew that man, when he saw the structure, because they didn't think they would get that far. They was like, oh, wait a minute, man. Hey, hold on, wait. Hey, they, they really going to pull this off. How many, how many know that God don't need a bunch of mighty people to do what he needs to get done? All God needs is people that will believe him. God will take two or three people and do amazing things. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying this morning? Then watch this, then watch this. So, so he said, we built the wall. The entire wall was joined together up to half its height. Now watch this. Now, here's the thing that blew me away as I studied this. It said, for the people had a mind to work. Now, get that in your spirit. So they built the wall. So he's telling you, he said, we built it. When all the odds were stacked against us, we were able to build it. How do we do it? Because the people had a mind to work. The people, because of their mindset and because of their commitment to what God had called them to do, the people had a mind to work. That was the reason why they accomplished it. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? See, so, so, that began to, so I began to think about this thing. And I said, okay, so... What does a mind to work looks like? 
What does it mean? I mean, how is that manifest? Because, because I, we want to learn from Nehemiah. We want to get into this thing. and We want to kind of pull some truths that will kind of help us because we want to know what does it look like to have a mind to work? What does it look like to pull it off? The people, you're telling me that people had a mind to work, but what does that look like? So we're going to jump right in here. Hopefully I won't be long. So we're going to jump right in here, and we're going to pull some things that we can learn about the mindset that we need in order to build our new facility. The first point is that they embrace the vision of the leader. They embrace the vision of the leader. What does a mind to work look like? They embrace the vision of the leader. In other words, when Nehemiah came back to Jerusalem, he had a burden. He had a vision in his heart. And Nehemiah came and he communicated with some people and all of them gathered around Nehemiah. And here's what they said. They said, Brother Nehemiah, tell us what you need. But brother, we're getting behind you and we're going to make this thing happen. How many know that you can't have a multiplicity of visions? Too many visions will cause divisions. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? And, and so, so they embraced. So, Nip, so they were going to accomplish it. There couldn't be people there saying, and I, you know how it is, because there's always one or two. Look at the neighbor and say, there's always one or two. All right. There's somebody say, well, you know, why we got to build a wall? I mean, really, I mean, we need food. We need us. Why do we have to build a wall? I mean, why do we? I mean, who, uh, by the way, who does Nehemiah think he is? Well, Nehemiah was the, was the holder of the vision that God put on the inside of him. And so watch this. And so all the people now, the people gathered, right? They gathered around Nehemiah and they began the work. Of building. How many know that if we are going to build successfully and what God has called us to do as a church, we must embrace the vision of the house? How many know we all need to get behind one another? We need to get behind one vision and we need to move forward. Amen. Look at the neighbor and say, move forward. So this gives me an awesome opportunity. I'll throw this plug in here. So what is the vision of his house? Just in case, because it's anniversary weekend. And so I figure I'll just take liberty. Is that OK? Take a little bit of liberty. So what's the, the vision of our house is to establish a believer on the firm foundation of Jesus Christ. We believe that weak Christianity is often the result of a weak foundation. The strength of a building is determined by its foundation. The stronger the foundation, the stronger the building. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? The strength of a good Christian is a proper foundation. We accomplish this through solid biblical training of the nature of Christ and our call to serve and to lay down our lives for his purpose. In Foundation Church, here's what we do. We live for him and him alone. Are y'all hearing me? Our mission, then, is to train and equip the believer to become mature disciples. We challenge believers to grow and mature. It's a ministry that teaches very practical and very effective. This is a nuts and bolts discipleship ministry for those who are willing to fully commit, to be fully committed disciples and, watch this, to make other disciples. That's, that's what we're all about. How many of you will get behind that vision? Come on. Come on. That's, that's what I'm preaching. That's what God has given me. Secondly, they resisted the voices of mockery and doubt. Wow. It says in Nehemiah chapter 2, 
uh, Nehemiah chapter 4, verses 2 and 3. Look at this verse. It says, and he spoke before his brethren, the army of Samaria, and said, Watch, look, look, look what they're saying. What are these feeble Jews doing? Mocking them. Were they fortify themselves? Were they offer sacrifice? Were they complete in a day? Were they revive the stones from the heap of rubbish, stones that are burned? Whatever they build, even a fox will <laughs> knock it down. You know, one of the things I've often discovered is that people who are doing nothing oftentimes want to keep other people from doing significant things. How many know that misery loves company? You know, a lot of people, you know, you, you can walk around and there are a lot of people sitting on the sideline will tell you quickly what you can't do. And oftentimes the people that will tell you what they can't do, here's the first thing you got to look at and ask, what are you doing? That might give you some insight on why they're saying what they're saying. It might give you insight as why they're stuck where they are. You see, how many know there are always going to be haters that will always tell you what you can't do? Always be haters. Oh, you don't have the money. Oh, you don't have the people. Nobody will support you. You're the only one doing it. You're all by yourself. Somebody else is doing it bigger and better. Oh, you're just a waste of your time. How many know that if we're going to build, we got to, we got to resist the voices of doubt? Because here's the thing. They have always been there. Because how many of you believe that the work that God has called us to do is most significant? Most significant. And we can't lose when we're serving Jesus. The Bi- I, I love the Bible. I love this verse. I, I alluded to it a little while ago, but I want to read it because I just want to get this into your spirit. Because I know we're a small church, and I know some of you may be thinking you hear the voices, and maybe you got a friend, maybe somebody been whispering, or maybe the enemy has been whispering to you, and you say, "Oh, foundation. Oh, it's been a couple years. It ain't happened yet. Oh, it is. It's that, and just all this doubt." But I want to remind you of something that will help you. And this is 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verses 26 and 29. For you see your call in brethren. Look at this church. That not many wise according to the flesh. Not many mighty, not many noble are called. Watch this. But God has chosen the foolish things of the world to put to shame the wise. Look at this. And God has chosen, get this, the weak things of the world to put to shame the things which are mighty and the base things of the world and the things which are despised. God has chosen. (laughs) And the things which are not to bring to nothing the things that are, watch this, that no flesh will glory in his presence. So watch this. Church, if we make it our purpose and our intent, listen, are y'all listening? Say amen. If it's our intent is, God, we want to make sure that you get all the glory for everything we do. If, If our intent is, God, be glorified. We're not trying to build our own kingdom. No, we're not trying to do that. We're trying to build upon the kingdom that the stone that Jesus already laid. He's the chief cornerstone. We're building upon what he's already built. But understand something. God is all powerful, almighty. He's undefeated. Everybody say undefeated. Never lost a battle. No power greater than him. And, and how many know that God turned the world upside down with 12 people? There's more than 12 people in this room. What can God do with you? What can God do with us? But you cannot listen to the voice of doubt. Some of you, you you've, been, you've been rendezvousing with the devil. And you've been listening to what he's been saying, and you're not walking by faith. And the Bible says you must walk by faith and not by sight. I told y'all before, if I walked by sight, there would be some Sundays I wouldn't come here. Can I, I'm just being honest. Why Pastor Bailey keep doing it? Faith, brother. 
I believe God. I said, God, I believe you and nobody else believe you. God, if they all walk away, I'm going to believe you. Faith. Why? Because here's what I do know, that whenever God did anything significant, big, bad in the earth, he always utilized people that had faith. I don't got much else, but I believe God. I believe God. So I keep going. I keep going when I don't feel like it. I keep going when people upset me. I keep going when people talk about me. I, I keep going when people whisper things that are wrong, when they defame me. I keep going because I don't have time to come down off the wall. The devil wants to get you off the wall. Some of you ain't on the wall. You didn't take up. You taking a vacation. Look at the name. Say, get back to work. <laughs> Come on, tell him, get back to tell him again, get back to work. See, they resisted. Another point is they resisted the attack of the enemy. I said last week, and I talk about Satan sometimes, people look at me like, really? Satan really does exist? Oh, he exists. <laughs> A lot closer than you think. <laughs> yeah, he exists. And Satan, the Bible says, goes about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. That's what he does. Nehemiah said, look, 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 y'all watch this. Y'all still listen, say amen. Watch this. Amen. Nehemiah 4, verse 7 and 8. Look at this. Now what happened? Here it is. Now we're building, right? Things are moving along. God, we're on the same page. There's unity, man. People are just getting to work. Now watch this. Now it happens. It always, now it happens. That's how the devil, God is moving. Now here it comes. Y'all y'all experience something like that? You know, got good things are happening, things are, you know, things are going well, man, your life. And then here it comes. Here, now it happens. <laughs> that when Sambalat and Tobiah and the Arabs and the Ammonites and the Ashudites heard that the walls of Jerusalem were being restored and the gaps were beginning to be closed, watch this. Here's what they did. They became very angry. Got mad. Watch this. And all of them conspired together to come and attack Jerusalem. Watch this. And here's the word. And create confusion. Everybody say confusion. How many know the Bible said God is not the author of confusion? Satan is author of confusion. In fact, James 3.16 says, so where envy and self-seeking exists, confusion in every evil thing is there. See, whenever you begin to have a Success in God, you begin to work. The enemy always want to come. And, and, and church, we got to be smart. The Bible says that, that we need, Jesus says, we need to be wise as serpents, but harmless as doves. We need to be able to understand how the enemy works so that when we see him, we can say, oh, I see you. I see you. How many know people are not the enemy? People are not the enemy. Satan will always try and create drama and confusion within the work of God. How many know that he's always trying to create drama and confusion in the church? He'll create drama and confusion in your house. He'll create drama and confusion on your job. Are y'all hearing me? He'll create drama and confusion. Why? Get off the wall. Get off the wall. That's what it's all about. The thing that God has called you to do, the thing that God has purposed you to do. So what do you want to do? He want to get you mad. He want to get you angry. He want to create confusion. Man, what's going on? What's going on at home? I don't know if things are going fine. No, things just what? That's why the Bible says don't give place to the devil. Now watch this. You don't need to fear the devil. You just need not to give the devil place. 
The reason why Satan winning more than he should, he ain't going to win. He's already lost. Flip the book over to Revelation. You'll see that. He's done. He's capitulated. It's over for him. But the reason why he wins more battles that he shouldn't win is because we're opening the door. We give the devil place. And you know, whenever you give the devil place, the devil, he, 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 he's not a gentleman. He ain't polite. He come in your house, he'll ramsack the whole thing. But I told you stay in the kitchen. Now, the brother should never came in at all. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Amen. Don't give him place. So here in Nehemiah, they're building this wall. And how many know that as we're building, there's always going to be some drama and confusion that's going to spring up. Somebody's going to come in and say, oh, pastor, oh, pastor, look right Calm down. Chill. Why are you trying to call? You know, God is a God of order. God, order my steps, oh God. Order my steps. He's a God of order. Say order. Nehemiah kept the work before the Lord. It's the next point. Nehemiah, Nehemiah 4, verse 9. Nehemiah says, There nevertheless we made our prayer to God, and because, we, because of them we set a watch against them day and night. How many know Nehemiah was a praying man? Nehemiah, whole, his whole mission. If you go back to Nehemiah chapter 1, before Nehemiah started the work that God had told him to do, you know the first thing he started doing? He prayed. Nehemiah didn't just pray at the beginning, but Nehemiah kept praying all the way through. Y'all hear what I'm saying? How many know that the Bible says that the prayers of the righteous availeth much? So watch this, church. Prayer is symbolic, and it's a reality check of what you're really depending on. I know you. I know. Pastor, I don't have time to pray. I get it. Pastor, I've been busy. I didn't pray. I get it. But you just said something. You don't even realize what you just said. The proclivity for all of us is to jump up and do things on our own. But when we discipline ourselves to have to talk to God about everything, I, I, I believe that if the church, if, if people, if, if we talk to God more than we fuss at one another, I believe we'll get a whole lot more accomplished. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Just talk to God. Take it to God. Nehemiah said, look, this is the work of God. And all the stuff that Nehemiah was dealing with, he stayed focused. He prayed. He prayed. Everybody say prayer. prayer. We can't go without it. This work, what God is calling us to do, we got to pray. We can't. Listen, I've been telling y'all, come on Wednesday. And I've been begging. Please come to prayer on Wednesday for one hour. Jesus said, can you tarry with me for an hour? <laughs> Wednesday for one hour. One, can you tarry for one hour? Just come out and pray. Why do we do it? And, and sometimes it's only the same people to come and pray. But here's what I know. I know this. If we stop praying, God will stop moving. We don't stand a shot. Why? Because now when you stop praying, you'll start doing stuff on your own. It's just the way you work. You'll just start making your own, doing your own thing, and you'll check with God after you've already decided what you're going to do which generally gets us in trouble. God blessed my work, and God wasn't consulted in the process. Y'all hear what I'm saying? So Nehemiah, he didn't let that happen. How many know Nehemiah, he, he kept it before the Lord? I got to move. They remembered what they were fighting for. Nehemiah chapter 4, verse 14, look, and I looked and rose, and I said to the nobles, to the leaders, and to the rest of the people, do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord, great and awesome, 
and fight for your brethren, your sons, your daughters, your wives, your houses. This was a, Nehemiah was a wonderful leader. His, his guy was amazing. But what Nehemiah did was, Nehemiah basically said, look, he said, look, this is bigger than you. How many know that what we're doing is bigger than us? He said, fight for your family, fight for your sons, fight for your children, fight for your, fight. How many know that we're fighting for the souls of men? We're fighting not just for our children, our, our children, our family, our wives, our husbands who are here today, but we're fighting for the future. How many know we're building for the future? We want God's work to continue on until Jesus comes back. This is our responsibility. Every one of us have this responsibility to build God's kingdom. Every one of us, this is what we got to do. We must do it. But you got to remember, it's not about just building a building. As we said before, the building is just a place where God's people gather. It's about building people. The building represents something much greater than, than what it just looks like on the outside. It represents God moving and God's light in any community. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? So we need to be about our father's business. And we need to remember why we're doing this. As we're going into this today, I want you to remember why we're doing this. I know sometimes we say, you come to church and you just kind of go through the motion. I go to church today. Why are you going to church? Ask yourself, why am I doing this? Why do I get up this morning and come to church? What's the reason? Why am I coming to church? Why? Every now and then ask yourself, the, why am I doing it? Because it's, it's in answering your why that will keep you focused. And then you won't have time for a bunch of trivial stuff. You won't come down off the wall because you understand there's a greater purpose behind it all. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying, church? And then this is the good part. Oh, I got to finish. I got to stop in five minutes. How am I going to make it? Oh, Lord. Everybody say, help, pastor. Okay. They watched each other's back. Nehemiah 4.16, it says, so it was. From that time on, the half of my servants worked at construction. Get this. Y'all looking at this. Look at this. While the other half held spears. And the shields and the bows and wore armor. And the leaders were behind all the house of Judah. I want you to look at this, church. So here it is that they're building this wall. And, and literally their life is hanging in the balance. Because they're threatening to kill them to get them from stopping. They have no authority to do it, but they're threatening to do it. And so what they decided to do was, they said, I'll tell you what. The work got to keep going. Everybody say, the work got to keep going. He's like, hey, what? we're going to have some of y'all going to build. And look, and while some of y'all building, some of the others, you're going to stay and watch. Get your, get your, get your guns out. Get your, uh, I say guns or modernize it, but get your stuff out. Get your spears. Get your, get, get your shields out. And I want you to watch my back while I do this. How many know Christians, we got to watch each other's back? You know, I, I've said before that Christians sometimes, we love to shoot our own wounded. It's a, it's a tragedy in the body of Christ. How many know we need to learn? We got to watch each other's back. So, brother, so my success is your success. We rise and we fall together. It ain't no what will happen to you. No, brother, we're in this together. We're only going to accomplish this together. It can't be, well, brother, you got hit. Oh, sorry about you. See you later, bro. Can't be that. No, no. We got some, brother, what, what you going through? I got your back. You need help? I got you covered. Look, look at your neighbor and say, cover me. 
cover me. Don't talk about me. Don't stick something in my back. I know I got problems. You don't need to talk about it. I already know. God showed me already. Help me. Help me. Lift me up. Encourage me in this most holy faith. I already know I got it. Anybody already? Listen, you don't need somebody to tell you what you already know. Brother, help me. I'm here because I know I'm broke. I know I need help. That's why I came to church. Help me. Oh, Pastor, did you see something? Yes, I did. So what? Cover them. If we're going to accomplish and build this wall and build this church, we got to cover each other's back. We got to cover each other. If somebody can bring me a, a towel or something or something, something similar to that, I appreciate it. The, the water is rolling off my bald head. All right. <laughs> I'm not supposed to laugh at that. Somebody's laughing. Okay. You know, I got two more points. I'm just going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to take out one of the points. Thank you, brother. I'm going to take out one of the points for the sake of time because we need to, need to get going. So look at this. The people resolve their eternal, internal conflict. In Nehemiah chapter 5, we don't have time to read it, but just read it in your own time. So there arose uh, internal conflict in the midst of their building campaign. <laughs> Imagine that, right? Food was scarce and expensive. Not only that, but the tax burden placed on the Jews by the king had reduced many of them to poverty. They were forced to borrow money from wealthier Jews, and the wealthier Jews that had money were charging their brothers high interest. <laughs> so the people start complaining, right in the midst of the work. Right in the, in the midst of the work. The people start, and Nehemiah called them out. He said, hold up, wait a minute, what are y'all doing? What are y'all doing? And he challenged the wealthier Jews. He said, look, stop charging your brother interest. You need to look out for your brother. And the Bible says that if you keep reading in Nehemiah chapter 5, that eventually they repented and they worked out their conflict. Now, can I say this? And I'm closing. I'm coming down. Look at, look at David say he's landing the plane. Let me say this. We are going to have conflict. We got to learn. See, that's one. This verse here, I'm going to combine these. And Nehemiah 4.18 says, every one of the builders had his sword girded at his side as he built. Everybody said, as he built. This is Nehemiah 4.18. So we got to learn how to listen to me, church. We got to learn how to resolve conflict and deal with issues as we what? A lot of people do is they have conflict, they have issues, and they get down off the wall. They start working. Well, how can I see you in church tomorrow? Hey, where you been? Oh, brother. Talking to brother the other day. Just yesterday. Oh, brother, just going through it. Brother, that's the time to be in the house. That's the time to build. That's the time to work. Well, I just, oh, I, I just been busy, man. I have I having some things I got to do Sunday morning. Here's what I'm trying to say, church. We got to learn how to fight and build at the same time. The work can't stop. How many know the work of building God's kingdom can't ever stop? Y'all listen to me. 
It can't stop because you're going to have to fight. The Bible talked about how that, that they were building. They, they were building. They had a sword on their hand and they had a hammer in the other. They were determined. They said, we're going to get this done. So I'm going to fight off some issues. I'm going to deal with some problems. Yeah, I'm going to have fights at home. I'm going to have fights on the job. I'm going to have fights. But while I'm fighting, I'm going to keep working. Why? Because God called us to do it. Are y'all hearing me, church? We got to keep fighting. We got to keep fighting. This thing that God is calling us to do, I'm excited. But you know what, what I'm more excited about? I'm more excited that I get to do it with you. I'm more excited that I get to do it with people that some folk out there will look in here and say, can't do it. Boy, I love it when somebody tells me I can't do something. That's like, okay, all right, okay, gotcha, all right, all right, watch. I anticipate the day when we will all be together, when we walk into our own place and, and Brother Edwin, you know, he, he ah, you know, that little video we saw how his back was hurting in the video, ah, ah, ah. I don't know how they, that was pretty, that was some good stuff. But I'm looking forward to the day when I can stand there with all of you and we can say, man, look what we did. Look, look what we did with the help of our God. God did it through us. And then that would just be one stepping stone. But there's much more to come. There are many more people we got to reach. We're all doing this because we want to reach people. Y'all understand? That's the big picture. That's what we're aiming toward. Everything we're doing is to position ourselves so that we can gain more for Jesus. Are y'all hearing what I'm saying? Come on, give Jesus a hand clap of praise if we receive that. Every head is bowed, every eye is closed.